Hello and welcome. My name's Elaine Power and I'm the host of the Speakerpreneur Summit. This is where experts share their secrets on speaking, attracting clients, income and impact. And today I'm super excited to interview Igor Berka. Now, let me read something of his bio because not only is he an amazing, interesting, global trendsetter, but he's been a speaker, a publicist, an entrepreneur for over 25 years, doesn't look old enough. Uh, he's delivered over two and a half thousand talks and speaks at least 200 times globally around the world. He has become a prominent speaker on the international business circuit. And I listen to this title, I love it. This is what an audience deemed him, a misfit on a mission. And you will see that in the interview. And they also describe him as the burning man meets Ted. I love that. I wish I had a title like that. You know, his area of expertise is trends and marketing and technology. And he's definitely a disruptor. You know, he sees things ahead of time. And he's definitely a radical uh, visionary. And he's worked with large organizations such as Amazon, L'Oreal, Nike, and Unilever. And he's really passionate about the environment, education, and actually making a world that works. So please welcome Igor. Hello, Igor. Hi, Elaine. Pleasure to be here. Hello, everyone. <laughs> so excited to, to have you here. So where are you based, Igor? Uh, I switched between Amsterdam and the island of Ibiza in Spain because I need a little bit of sunshine every now and then. Yes, I can see you have a, a wonderful tan. You're actually competing with mine at the moment. <laughs> yeah, island life, yeah. Yeah, and I know you've been on a very special island, Necker Island, recently. So, you yeah. know, we're going to get to that because uh, not, you know, not many people have had the chance to, to be there. So, uh, you know, it would be really nice for the audience to understand a little bit about your background. And then we'll kind of, you know, this is your journey from misfit to international speaker and icon. So, you know, it would be great just to share a little bit. And, you know, over the time, we're going to look at and unravel your journey of, you know, how you have this status now and how the audience can also go from where they are to if they want to be a change maker in the world. Exactly. Uh, well, it's a, it's a short but a important story for the rest of my life. Uh, basically, you don't know when you're young, of course, but um, I had a, a tough childhood. And uh, later in life, I discovered that people with a difficult childhood might have more empathy and sympathy for humanity. I, I didn't yeah. know that, of course, when I was younger. That, that maybe declares the part of activist, humanist, uh, ocean fighter, and, uh, and uh, maybe humanity warrior. Uh, I was kicked out of professional football, soccer, when I was 24. And they had already expelled me from university for not paying attention or not being, <laughs> present, being present at all. Because, well, I was, of course, a young, rebellious kid, tough upbringing, a bit of a street mentality. And I thought, well, who needs education? I'm going to be the next uh, Leo Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo. So why should I be here in the university anyway? And it turned out differently. So if you're 24 and they pull the carpet underneath you and you fall down flat on your face, Mm. It's a tough one because, yeah. well, I to climb up and they strip my hobby, my passion, my income, even my identity because I love to, to play football. And then there you are, ground zero, 24, no education. And, and then what do you do? And the internet basically was something that came just uh, 
became a little bit out there, 1994, 1993. I fell in love with the internet and I, I knew for sure this is going to be the most disruptive technology that the world has ever seen. So this is, this is something that I'm really going to focus on, uh, learn about. And everybody said, well, Igor, the internet's a hype. And, and in a few years, it will be gone again. And I knew for sure that this was going to disrupt our world as we know it. So I owe basically everything to, to the internet. Uh, and, and then I started to, to start falling in love with marketing. And uh, I, I had no <laughs> real serious marketing education. So I did basically every course that was available in marketing. From the basics, I went back to school. I studied uh, NIMA A, B, and C. I even became a coach and a trainer of CMOs. So I thought, well, I'm really well prepared now. I have all marketing degrees that, that, that are possibly available out there. And then I came into uh, uh, three marketing roles in 10 years at big listed companies in, uh, as a chief marketing officer. And then I discovered one thing. Wow. Everything that I learned from the P from place, from Kotler to everything else in marketing, it is the basics, but it's old school, outdated. It didn't ever include my education, the whole internet. So I, I had to unlearn and relearn marketing as I knew it and as I had learned it. And the rest was all self-education and study because, well, with the internet and uh, in the age of information, ignorance is a choice, of course. So yeah. I've learned yeah. that, that, that self-study and improvement every single day, the only constant is change. And marketing has really changed from uh, being an art to uh, a science too. And I applied a lot of uh, new knowledge and technologies to, to my marketing course. And I think a lot of people in marketing have the same challenge. We were all schooled for the 20th and not the 21st century. And newsflash, that is a really different ballgame. So you, what, what you feel is the difference now in, now in the 21st century? Yeah, well, mo like most people with a good education, uh, we didn't learn about the fourth industrial revolution. We didn't even learn about the internet in my marketing education. So once you're released as a, as a CMO in the wild, you, of course, have a very good education, but it's basically traditional marketing and media. And the internet and, and new exponential technologies are, of course, taking marketing to a whole new ballgame. It's tech-driven. Uh, it is ad tech, martech. It is new business models. The game completely changed. And I see a lot of people uh, of my age with this strong marketing education struggle in tremendously to, to adapt to the 21st century where marketing is a complete new ballgame. So for those of people who don't know, tell us what is the fourth industry? Mm. I've been speaking for 10 years about the fourth industrial revolution. Mm. As everybody knows, of course, we, we had uh, the, the, the first industrial revolution, 1750 in the UK, where we got steam machines and uh, factories and everybody shouted, oh, the robots are coming, the factories will all be unemployed. And what happened, we got prosperic uh, of our growth and uh, economic prosperity. Then the second industrial revolution happened uh, in beginning of the 1900s in the USA. Uh, we invented light and electricity and, and that changed the world and business as we knew, knew it. Mm -hmm. Experts say there is a third industrial revolution, which is the computer era and the internet around 1990. Uh, 
And my prediction is that we are now today in the middle of the fourth industrial revolution. Uh, everybody underestimates the speed, the impact and the power of it. Uh, it is a set of exponential technologies that is shaking up the world as we know it. Uh, I predicted uh, 12 years ago, 40% of bankruptcies in retail, where everybody said, well, you're crazy. Now it's at 41%. So that's what I mean with predictions. The fourth industrial revolution is an incredible powerful force, something that we've never seen in the history of a planet before. So everybody's talking about the wrong things, digital transformation and other things. I predict the impact of industry 4.0 on each and every industry, which in my opinion, like retail, will be completely disrupted and demolished. And I mean figures like 40% disruption that will happen in a time box. If autonomous cars come out, uh, the whole mobility industry will be unemployed. And that, that is up to lawmakers if it will happen or not. I also believe that technology will disrupt uh, uh, the finance, the banking, the retail, the fashion industry. Uh, some industries are already disrupted. So if you have radical foresight and you can predict the future of society, you can also better predict the future of your own business, your government. And, and we are all failing at that. Big institutions, corporates, uh, we don't see it. And that's why we get disrupted. New players, new entrants, I call them the math men, the people that have a different look at the, at the history and the future of our planet. They don't believe in advertising. They say advertising may win you quarters. Trend-driven innovation will win you decades. Uh, and they are taking over whole industries in under a decade time. So industry 4.0 means exponential technologies, 4, 8, 16, 32, 64. And our linear mindsets, and also in the marketing and speaking community, exponential means a, a big curve. Linear mindsets is that we still think, oh, Netflix is a hype, YouTube are cat videos. So we're all really underestimating what it is. It's not the internet, it's not digital, it is an industrial revolution. And my prediction is that industry one, two, and three, and the internet all combined, are the warming up of this disruptive force, which I call Industry 4.0. I, I have been working with the uh, United Nations, the EU, and uh, World Economic Forum in Davos to write all kinds of manifestos about the impact of the fourth industrial revolution. And that is very interesting for people to see and read because once you see what's happening, you can finally take strategic informed decisions to, to be ready and prepared for the future. So, so if you are a speaker, I think that you should really think about what do I have, have to add? Do I add value and what value do I add? Yeah, yeah, it's really important because we're not waiting for more speakers, we're waiting for speakers who can add value to uh, whatever kind of uh, industry or future of society. So let me ask you, when did you start speaking? When did that part of your journey start in your life? Uh, it's, it's going to be very mixed up uh, in, in my uh, timeline. I uh, helped co-founding the Interactive Advertising Bureau in 1996, 1997. There was not an internet industry, there were no rules, there were no, uh, nobody knew what to do with the internet because it was so new. And I thought with a few people, let's, uh, found the IAB, 
and then make sure that we get some guidance and can grow the industry. And this is where I started as the, uh, the, the founder and the, uh, the chairman of the IB. And that's when I started speaking. Unintendedly, I had to speak sometimes. I didn't like it, I didn't want to, but it was part of that role and job. So, and then somebody came up to me, a very famous speaker in, uh, in Holland. He, uh, he's a professional, full-time professional. And he said to me, well, what are you going to do with this speaking, amigo? He said, what do you mean? Because he interviewed me for IAB in a conference and I didn't feel really like a fish in the water, but okay. You have to do it like politicians and everybody else that is in business or, or a leader. Communications and public speaking and presenting is, of course, one of the greatest skills that, that is there. Warren Buffet even says, if you don't uh, apply public speaking as a skill, you're not going to be successful in many professions. So I thought maybe it's time to practice. And uh, yeah, yeah, he said, yeah, yeah, public speaking and presenting is important to everyone, even if you want to, especially now in the world of media, of course. I've seen great politicians or leaders burn down because they're not good in communications or in front of a camera. And, and so it's really important for everything that you do in life. And that is something that I give to a lot of people. I help them to overcome fears and, and to help them feel confident speaking, which is really important for non-speakers. So, uh, so you, because you were, you were a reluctant speaker. So what was it okay. had you then? Because oh, there's lots of reluctant speakers watching right now. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I didn't like it. I didn't want to, didn't want to do it. I, I, I suddenly saw, he said to me, fam a very famous Dutch speaker, I still he became a very good friend. I said, well, what do you expect me to do, bro? So wear a T-shirt, uh, call me, I'm a speaker. He said, no, of course, I will bring you to my speaker bureau and, and they will list you and they will be happy to have you and they might probably have requests for you. He said, but nobody knows me and, and no, I don't really like it. Eventually, uh, I think in 2000, he introduced me to his speaker bureau uh, and, and the first call came, you are booked to speak at a big conference in Austria. And I was really nervous. I thought, oh shit, now what? So, and this is how you become a speaker. But, but then, of course, you walk the same path as many artists do. So I started to like it. You get feedback, energy. You start um, uh, getting some reviews from people that say, hey, he's actually a good speaker. I still then you're not a speaker. Eh? I spoke occasionally and then I start calling people. Hey, I'm a great speaker. And they said, tut, tut, tut. they hang up the phone because who are you? So you start speaking for a small amount or for only for a travel fee. And then you can maybe charge some compensation and everybody has a path eh? like the DJs. You have to play at an opening uh, somewhere at a, a stupid time slot if you're a beginning DJ. You're not suddenly Tiesto or Armin uh, filling up the venue, selling tickets for an incredible fee. So everybody walks a path. And I thought, I like this. Uh, I'm still doing it part-time because I, I uh, was working. I later founded my businesses. I was very busy at WP doing global brands and marketing strategy. So I couldn't be a full-time speaker. But the more and more requests keep coming in. And eventually I thought, okay, I sold my businesses, so Martin Sorrell, I, I, I'm ending my earnout. I'm going to go full pro speaking and see what is possible there. That was around 2011, 12. I wanted to go full time, meaning stretch it up until 150, 200 international talks per year. And, and can you do that? And are you booked? And are you mm. good enough? Do you have a repertoire? And, and can you fill up venues? And will people book you as a speaker? This is, of course, between... 
the start of being a speaker to a top international full-time pro and even above us, the king of us all, Tony Robbins. There is, of course, quite some things to, yeah, and I'm walking the path and I'm enjoying it. But there is no rule, of course. There are also speakers, I call them platform speakers, speakers that would jump a podium for free to sell their book or consultancy. Uh, there are speakers that want to get paid. There are full-time professionals, international, local speakers, beginning speakers. So there is, there is a lot. And, and yeah, the most important thing is, what do you want as a speaker? And what does it make you tick? And what is your five-year marketing and business plan? And where do you see yourself? And how are you going to get there? Yeah, and, and I wanted to become top five international because my football career already <laughs> ended too soon. I wanted to become Cristiano or Leo Messi. Mm. And, that, and, and maybe I can do that in public speaking. So I was very dedicated with a very clear crystal set of goals. This is where I'm going and I'm going there. And now I'm changing again. So the moment you are a full-time speaker live on stage, I do a lot of hosting TV shows and other events that are related to being MC, host, speaking, uh, depending on what you see as being a speaker. So, th I mean, that's really sort of interesting, your part of your journey. So a question I'll ask you, what do you feel has had you... Um, start to get booked that you started to build that momentum there has to be something about you and the way you were being on stage that had you stand out from everybody else because or else you're just going to be yeah. vanilla so what do you think has had you you know grow so quickly yeah it's very uh, good but also very difficult question to to answer because i i rather don't say those things about myself so i can speak for my reviews that's more important because it's really weird. My management could tell you, if I would tell you, we would be bragging, which I hate. But uh, th there's a lot of skills that I don't have as a speaker. I don't think I'm the best speaker. Uh, my radical vision, my track record as an entrepreneur are second to none. So there are not many that compete, uh, can compete with that in the field of public speaking. But it depends on what brand and event planners want. I have had brand and event planners that say, yeah, you don't have a book. So... You're never going to grow as a speaker. I say, well, fair. Well, I don't have time for a book. I'm, I'm building startups. Uh, uh, I'm selling businesses. I'm walking the talk. I'm walking toward my true north. I'm an activist. So then I ha have no book. I don't care. But, but sometimes, yeah, yeah. So I also know that I'm better in vocal, verbal, and visual media. That's what you learn from a management ego. You in a book, no. TV, radio, yes. That, that fits my personality better. And all the things that I have in my, in my backpack are maybe things that you can never learn. It's uh, charisma, energy, personality. I'm very bold and outspoken. I am a rebel. I do blow up shit. If I speak with Richard Branson or Bill Gates, I am me. I'm never shy. I will always tell my opinion in a fair, ethical way. Uh, and, and I have my upbringing by my grandparents and my norms and values. So sometimes I didn't get booked as a speaker because I didn't have enough likes. So well, you're an idiot to the planner. If, if you are hiring people that have fake likes or, or true likes, my cat is also very popular on YouTube. <laughs> got a lot of likes. 
I, I wouldn't put him on stage because he, he would really mess things up. But you have to be strong in your shoes because this world of social influencers and speaker bureaus that sometimes are only fear hunters and don't give anything about you as an artist or a speaker. So yeah, you have to be tough and you have to be, you have to stand for something. And I do that. Yeah, and, I love and, that. And I, stand for something because I think I, yeah. I, I read on you know in your bio and on your website as well that you know I think one of the reasons why you stand out is that you do say things that disrupt people you do say things yeah. that will shake people yeah. up I think that you were even kind of you know on stage you said a few things and it you know it shocked a few yeah. people but you know when we start to disrupt things people say oh they're mad they're they're crazy and then suddenly it's a trend it, yeah, because yeah. you've got to be the one that says it and have that um, be courageous to say it ahead of time. And yeah. I think you do that really well. Yeah, but I also put my money where my mouth is. If people don't believe me and want likes, uh, buy or hire a speaker with likes. I don't care. I don't need you. And, and that is mm. my, my, my attitude always because my, my story is for real and people don't have to buy it. It's not my brand. It's your brand. And if I say to a CEO, but listen, amigo, you're going to do the press conference when you're bankrupt and, and have to fire 100,000 people and jobs. Eh? You are going to do the press conference, not me, not the other people in the C-suite. I'm not here to sell you my consultancy or my book. I have a vision. I've done this five times before. I really know what I'm talking about, but it's up to you. I don't care. I walk. And so there is a really good authenticity and a reason for me to say things, but it also fits my personality. And of course, things backfire. They, they call me a retail hater. They call me an idiot. I, I get the most horrible uh, social reviews now and then. I don't care. Mm. I, I, have, I have the power to be disliked. And I, I'm really here to tell a story, not for me. I'm financially independent already for a while. I can sit on an island. So the reason why I am on stage is because I make predictions to help governments, people to really change, adapt or die. And I really see that as a, innovation is for me a must have because I don't want to see the economy or big corporations crumble and fall. We will lose more jobs. The economy will go down. Environment will go down. So mindset and culture and DNA is really, really important to me. And if you can speak about that, it makes you very authentic. Then don't book me. I don't care. But that is, of course, something that is... Um, and about predictions, I once spoke to a journalist. Have the golden nugget ready because this is one of the most important tips I got in my life, also as a speaker. I didn't do that. I didn't track my forecast. I said something from IAB already in 1996 print and TV will lose 50% of their business in, in, in 10 years if they don't step up the game. And it all happened. And for me, it was natural because I believe in my predictions. Other people didn't. So a journalist once said to me, a very fierce, powerful journalist, he said, I want to interview you. And I said, hell no. <laughs> I said, why? He said, because your prediction rate is 84%. How do you do it? What is your methodology? Or how do you predict and are so spot on? And I only said to him, I smiled because I felt like a, a complete, uh, 
I, I, I didn't have those predictions. I didn't keep track of him. I said, can I see the list, amigo? So he showed me the list of the predictions. And then I started to believe in the power of my predictions. Mm. Because everybody in hindsight can claim, I said that retail would fall, and I can say that, and I said that, that and everybody says it. But of course, if you're also advising World Economic Forum and other big, you might be uh, in the theory or predictions might be spot on, but we don't know. It's the future. And if lawmakers say autonomous driving is never going to happen, my prediction is off. And I do know that it's all about imagination, the future. Yes. Being, yes. Yeah, being imaginative is what it's all about. I don't want to be right. I don't have to be right. But imagination sparks inspiration, motivation, action. And I can also say to big brands, this is the risk of inaction. What if you don't move now? What will be your future in one, three or five years? And will you still be there? Mm. And, and that is a question that really shocks them. And if you're not a consultant and you don't have to sell consultancy, and this is my real authentic message, yeah, they can do the benefit with it or, or, or say, well, we don't believe it and it's too far out. It's fine. So your advice to, to speakers who are up and coming, what would that advice be? No, it, it depends on what you speak about. There are so many topics. I've also heard a lot of things for me as a speaker. Uh, believe in yourself. They've said to me, yeah, but what do you know about retail? What do you know about automotive? Or what do you know about banking or healthcare or finance or whatever? Newsflash, what do I know about it? I'm not an expert. That is the biggest benefit that someone can have. Why? In this fourth industrial revolution, it is the new players, the outsiders and the outliers that are taking over entire industries in under 10 years' time. What does that mean? Yeah, disruptive innovations never come from people within the industry. Never. It's mm. always the, with a fresh look that said, it was never like this before. It should have been like this for five years. We will break the status quo. We will be the new business guys and let's go. So it is a big benefit if you are not an industry specialist. But if you start to apply that and feel that as a speaker, I'm not an industry expert, then you might be shy on it. No, use those arguments to tell them what are the USPs for, for you to be on that stage. This is really, really important. Yeah. My, English, my English was not the best. My friends even make jokes out of it. <laughs> my name is Igor, that's a Russian name. I was named after the, uh, the composer, Igor Stravinsky. If that blows up in your mind, I'm speaking with the international top, the mm. top international speakers, mostly American or English native speakers. I now make a joke. The guy with the funky accent. I don't feel any, uh, well, I, I was a bit like, if that crawls all under your skin, you have a huge problem. Don't. Make your weakness your, your, your benefit. Funky accent, yes, I am the guy with the radical visions, but hey, Listen, it's the outsiders and outliers that don't have a clue that are taking over your industry. So you need to have me on your stage. I represent the outsiders and the outliers. And yeah. that is for speakers very important that you, that you know your, your unique selling points or unique buying reasons. What do you get and what do you bring and what is the value that you add? Exactly. The value is really important. But I think looking yeah. at your journey, there, there are, you know, I'd say there's three 
you know, key characteristics about you that's had you, you know, um, eventually, and we're going to get to that, you know, spend time with Richard Branson on Necker Island. Yeah. Like there's something about who you're being that has yeah. you create this. And what do you think uh, that might be? Uh, that's a good question. I think about it. I speak with it uh, with my management a lot, which is, of course, very important because alone is alone. Speaker bureaus mostly see me as a walking fee and they don't have the time to spend time on me on personal development. But I think it's personality and, and also my quest for humanity. Being invited by Richard Branson not once but two or three times is also because I'm a misfit. Oh. And most of, yeah, most of the world leaders or people that have really achieved something, whether it's Tony Robbins or whether it's Malala or Mandela or Richard Branson, we're all misfits. We've all been used to fight. Yeah, we've all been used to fight. We have all had our troubles in life. We all have this very driven, powerful mentality. We won't give up. Dislike us. We don't care. We have a greater cause. And I think, I think that they recognized that. And with Richard Branson, it was really funky because this was the second time I was at an event. And he said, you have to come back, though, soon. And I said, well... <laughs> I don't live on Necker Island, if you go. So he said, well, we'll make up a reason, but I need you here. The energy and the power. Is, so I think that is important. I've been at the, the Djokovic Foundation because I really stand for something. I really want education to change. And I, I, yeah, it's important because a lot of people have this, I call it Hollywood purpose bullshit marketing, uh, a lot of brands too. You need to walk the talk. And I put my money where my mouth is. I'm, I've invested in 24 social enterprises. I fight for the oceans. I fight for education. And, I, and, and that is what those people really admire. I'm not there to, to, to sell myself as a speaker. No, I'm, I'm working for a greater cause. And those people recognize it. So uh, I gather a lot of misfits around me. And, and that's really interesting because I really believe that those people together, if the misfits unite, we can change the course of this world. We're used to crumble and fight and to fall and to get back up. We have this mentality to never give up. And that's what we really need today. So it's more about your correct uh, character, personality, integrity, then if you are a great speaker, I know a lot of great speakers, but yeah. if you are, it, yeah, if you are for the purpose, it's not even listed on the website. Yeah. And it's like, I feel that when you're living your cause and you know, your purpose, then people will seek you out because it's, you're, you're out there making the difference. And you know, people ask you to come to speak because you're, you're standing in what your true um, yeah. value in, in life. It is. And I give back. And it's also mean that, that, that if you speak for free because you really believe in something, uh, people applaud you for it. Mm -hmm. and, and that's also part of your next level future speaking goals. What do you really want? Because I know nowadays a lot of people, everyone wants to become a speaker. But, but, but being a speaker and being a speaker is, is it, yeah, of course. Tony Robbins is a whole different ball game than a Richard Branson or, or somebody that is a platform speaker who wants to... Uh, sell his book or his consultancy. So what is your true north? Really important to have that clear. And I lose speak, uh, speaking gigs because of my passion or my power or I don't want to be in certain lineups. No, I don't. So w w what is it? What are you really about? And do you have a long-term plan and strategy? And, and for me, uh, it, it's about personal branding is really important. And I don't want to be in lineups where walking advertorials are. I'm just not going. Sorry.
And, yeah. and if you don't dare to do that, I believe karma has no deadline. And if you want to be rewarded, you got to stand for something. You got to make tough decisions, especially as a speaker. Yeah, yeah it's really important because, I, yeah. You know, stand for something. And I, I suspect it's because you stand for so much that isn't about you and it's about other people that, you know, recently Richard Branson invited you to Necker Island. You know, anything you can share about that, you know? Yeah, of course. It was, it was now the second time. So people started to act a bit weird. Uh, are you going back to Necker again? Yes. Uh, I had a great conversation with him. I admire Sir Richard Branson as a serial entrepreneur, but more as a philanthropist. People like him have the audacity, the power, and the network to, to change the world. And they are humble people, and they are people that are not only here for profitability, but those are really people for people, planet, profit. And, and I would love to uh, share ideas with him. I spoke with him many times about some ideas that I have for the future. And uh, yeah, well, we have fun. We, we, we bike ride, we play tennis. And of course, he, he, he cheeks, uh, cheats and tricks. So everybody <laughs> is like frozen. I said, no, you, amigo, that ball was out. We should go to the video referee to see that. Because, but he's a punk rock star. Everybody forgets that Richard Branson was always, uh, yeah, a funky serial entrepreneur who always uh, broke the status quo and did weird things. He, he, he called a Boeing one night to start Virgin Airlines because uh, the, the, they stood him up many times. So passion and frustration can be really strong drivers to make a change. And, and I've learned from those people... Yeah, it's really important. If you really stand for passion, Steve Jobs had it. Uh, other people have. It must change and we, and we can do it. Let's break with the status quo. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I want to advise every speaker, but also every entrepreneur on the planet. My big success came through three senseis. People that really are my mentor. Richard Branson is one. Sir Martin Sorrell was one. And, and before that, for 10, 15 years, an American senior speaker, Michael J. Moon, has really helped me. And I, I, I kept begging and say, Amigo, you need to be my mentor. I'm, I'm really want to be the, become the best. And they said, no, we don't have any time for you. And I kept asking and I said, and then they said, they smiled. Okay, are you really going to do this? And yeah, you're not going to give up. I said, no, I won't. Okay, we'll help you. And, and those people can, can yeah, boost you as a human being, but also as a person, as a speaker, as an entrepreneur. So find the sensei and listen. Don't be a millennial that says, I'm on Bali. I don't have time to serve. Shut up and listen. And this is what I've learned from old school sensei. It really, really helped me to become who I am today. And it's the best lessons in life. Those people have done it over a hundred times before. Mm. And I'm really grateful for those kind of people. And now I am finally the misfit that can help other people give back, share, uh, share my knowledge, Invest in social startups and enterprises. Walk the talk. And be a purpose-driven speaker. Uh, yes, very much, yeah. And what is that to you to be a purpose-driven speaker? Yeah, it's, it's really, really important to me. And I've also learned that, that, that we need it now. Newsflash, there is no spare planet. I really believe that Greta Thunberg is right. Maybe her tone of voice needs some media training. The girl is only 17 years old. She's a hero. The Malalas, young people, they have new ideas. And we, as older generations, we should take our responsibility. I'm ashamed if I look my son in the eyes and say, Yo, here's the planet, amigo. 
we, we completely destroyed it. No, we have a responsibility and we have now the technologies to reverse engineer climate change, to clean up our oceans and to pass along a cleaner, better world. And, and I see that as my responsibility. Who should I look in the eyes at the gate if, if, if we give our world like this? It's not only about profitability. I, I believe in a social sustainability, uh, social sustainability index. It's not only about profit, it's about people profit. And that is really important. And if you stand for that, you might end up in Necker Island uh, uh, twice a year. You might speak at big conferences with world leaders. And you might even get invited by United Nations or the World Economic Forum to think along about how we can make our world or future better with, uh, for example, applying technology and humanity. Well, is there a greater cause as a speaker no, not, or as a human being? Not for me. It's the highest possible form uh, I think there is. So for me, I'm uh, yeah, really grateful that I'm able to do this and that uh, people are willing to listen. Well, you made it happen. Yeah, still not there yet. Eh? I'm, I'm transforming Will you ever myself. Be? <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure no, for you, no. you'll just be keep on growing and growing and then there'll be something else that you aim for, you know, and that leads yeah. me into a good question. You know, what does 2020 uh, hold for you? Anything that you can share with us? What, what do you see your year evolving? Yeah. yeah, well, one of my senseis learned me this. So Martin Sorrell, the former founder of uh, and owner of WPP, he, he left his network after 33 years in a way that I don't really applaud. I'm really uh, not, it's not fair play. So I really felt for him because I really respect the guy as an entrepreneur and a visionary. Also as my sensei, I own a, I owe a lot to him. And at 73, he started a new network. He started S4, 73. Mm. So age is just a number for me. It's all about mindset. I will keep continuing until I drop dead on the floor. And when that is, we'll see. But yeah, I, I'm, I want to scale my ideas. I've been talking to you and I think this is how we connected. I have ideas how speakers united as a movement or as a, uh, a, a powerful platform can change the course of humanity. So I'm working on this speaker platform. Richard Branson might or is going to be part of that. Uh, he really endorses the idea of powerful humanity speakers that get together and, and are really determined to, to change the world and that can be clean, cleaning up oceans, education, uh, uh, reverse engineer climate change. But, but I want to build that platform and there is a few reasons, of course, passion and frustration again. After being 20 years of a full-time professional speaker, I don't always agree with the approach of the speaker bureaus. Uh, I don't always agree on the way that it's not transparent. So I like to make an agency that also disrupts the speaking industry, blockchain-based, transparent, powerful speakers uh, with a cause or a, a true north and help speakers. So it is going to be a platform by speakers for speakers, where we also, I don't see speakers as a walking fee. I see speakers as people that invest in their future, in the future of others, and they need help. And that means powerful management, smart ideas, and not only being a walking fee and added value. And I've learned a lot from the artist and music industry, how public business speaking can be brought to the next levels. And there you go again. If you can talk about it, bro, put your money where your mouth is and do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's easy to sit on the sideline and point how others can do it better. So I will either fail or make it a huge success with some powerful people behind me. 
And I've got a lot of speakers that already uh, are onboarding or lining up for this. So I really look forward to work with them and to, uh, to get this moving. I have time to, time to level up again. Yeah. I have no doubt you will create <laughs> this. It will be a success. And, you know, as you know, there's no such thing as failure. It's just learning how to do it better the next time and it will evolve and grow. And I think nothing's going to stop you growing, which is amazing for us and the planet. We need people like you. We need more speakers like you out there who are listening, who feel moved and impassioned by everything that Igor is sharing with us. I know that he's touched something inside of you that is a calling. And if you hear yeah. that, then go out there and be a disruptor and be a misfit and speak up yeah. and speak out. So, you know, I want to thank you so much. You shared so much about your journey and I've learned and I've been inspired to, um, you know, go out and disrupt in my industry. And I like the people profit because it is always yeah. about the people. It's about our planet. It's about making a difference. And, yeah. um, I think you're an, an amazing example of that. And, uh, you know, our earth is blessed Absolutely. to have you. Yeah. Be patient, I would like to say to the speakers. And, and if speaking is your passion, there are no rules. And if you're a great young speaker, I, I, I hunt for a lot of talents. And I, say, I, I do the same as, as uh, Ben Tegelaar, the speaker, did that, that put me on the stage, basically. I, I see a lot of events and I hunt people. I say, you, what are you going to do with this? Uh, I don't know. You, you need to link in your email me because you are going to be on stage. You belong here. And I don't care if they do it once a month or once a week or full-time or professional or whatever. That doesn't really matter. But if you have to add something and it energizes you, and we need new talent in public speaking. It's really important. The industry is going to grow yeah. and young talent yeah. is really needed. So a newsflash, not a scoop. I feel a speaking academy coming up as well, where we train and help young speakers to become better speakers for the future. Oh, you and I should talk about that. <laughs> no, but, 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 no, it's really important. I, yeah. I see them, uh, they need guidance and they need training. We have all the material help. Yeah. I've got so many speakers that help me out. It's my obligation to give back. Do you have a rider? Do you have this? What are your international fee structures? Why? And how can you improve your whole setup? Yeah, it's a huge business in itself so as we come to the uh, end of our time together which is very sad but uh, you know is there a way that people can keep in touch with you is there something they can subscribe to oh yeah yeah of course i have a different fishing on social media because i think it's fans on lease i of course use social platforms and it's really important to me but um, i have Mathman magazine where you can subscribe to Misfits and fans first. So if you go to my website and you subscribe to my newsletter on Athman Magazine, you will be the first to know. And, and I give a lot of uh, speaking tips. I help speakers with marketing and future business plans. Because, yeah, well, uh, why not? Why should they find out themselves? So, so I, that's the promise that we make. And uh, I hope that there's a lot of speakers out there really motivated to, to go out and do it. And uh, I hope so. And I think so. Well, you are someone who just gives them the heart, uh, you know, I can see from our interview. So I want to thank you so much, Eagle. Thank you for sharing with us. Thank you uh, to the audience as well. But before we end, is there just one short last word you'd like to say? 
Yeah, speak from the heart is the most important part. Don't, don't study your speeches freestyle. Speak from the heart. That is really, really important. Fabulous. So that's it. Speak from the heart. Yeah, it was a true pleasure. Thank you very much. My pleasure. And thank you very much, everybody, for watching this amazing interview. Share your comments below. Let us know what you think. I know that Igor would love to hear from you, your thoughts. You know, if you're a misfit and you want to sort of get in contact with him, stay in touch and keep in touch with me on my Instagram page, Elaine Powell UK, the Facebook page. And I will see you next time for another amazing interview on speaking, attracting clients, making income, and most importantly, making an impact. Until next time, take care, guys. Bye.